You're listening to War for Idiots, a podcast by idiots for idiots. Did you know um, I, I was reading about uh, Douglas MacArthur? No, I didn't day. know that. How would I know that? Did you know that um, Douglas MacArthur was portrayed in a movie last year, a South Korean movie? Mm. Guess who he's played by? Brad Pitt. No. Who? Liam Neeson as Douglas MacArthur. Oh yeah, that makes sense. He's got the same accent. What? <laughs> Douglas MacArthur's American, man. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Um, All right. Um, let's go. That is like two minutes of preamble. We're not. This is, this not is preamble. preamble. This is not preamble. Let's go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can you go without the massive yelling in the mic? <laughs> I'm freezing. I'm hey, here's a German word for you. Operations object. Pretty cool. Hello, listeners, girls, boys, men, women, babies of men and women. <laughs> but not not, Pod, not not babies of podcast rocks listeners, and trees. Podcast listeners from all around the world, hello and welcome back to another episode of War for Idiots, WFI. My name is Rich and I'm the dunce. And I'm the dimwit. How come I get the harsher terms? Because you are one of the idiots that you have indeed been looking for. And welcome to this episode where we will be doing our review of the latest offering from Netflix, the movie War Machine. Mm. Excited? Uh, I'm more excited than I was when I was watching it. So we are the Abbott and Costello of war. Whole, that is probably the most apt comparison we've made. Is it? Because yeah. I have no idea who Abbott or Costello are. <laughs> Hey, Abbott! I don't know who they are either. So, I had to Google it, um, but I think they were pretty funny, and I think that <laughs> we definitely funny. we may be funny too. But we're sticking with it. Um, and They're today, my spiritual mentors. Today we are doing uh, a movie review, uh, but let us just quickly remind ourselves of what we are doing here. We're going to talk about War Machine. We're going to talk about war. The show is called War for Idiots, WFI. We yep. want to talk about war at that accessible level. We're not discounting the significance of it. We're making it more appropriate. And today, we are, much like we have done in the past, looking at war through pop culture. And yes. that is a Hollywood movie. It doesn't get much more pop or culture than that. Nope. Let's start with a quote. Can I read this quote? If you believe you can. Okay. I'm not a complete idiot. So Some pieces. I'm reading the quote. You're okay, guys. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> every, every dang quote. I'm not a complete idiot. Some pieces are missing, and that was by Anon Internet, which I think is a fake name. <laughs> Anonymous from the internet. Ah, I'm, oh, I'm not a complete oh. idiot. Some pieces are missing. I think this is really good because I think you could take "I'm not a complete idiot." Some pieces are missing. You could be that could be an, an insult. That could be whatever the opposite of an insult is. A compliment. Compliment, or an insult. So, what are we doing today, Mick? We are recording a podcast and we are talking about a movie that's actually been in the uh, media recently noting that we're recording this um, during June and uh, it's probably going to be released during June Um, and War Machines just recently uh, hit Netflix and there's been a lot of chatter about it so we're reviewing a topical movie about a current conflict absolutely all right let's let's listen to a clip we are here to build Support the civilian population. For that end, you must avoid killing it at all costs. 
We can't help them and kill them at the same time. It just ain't humanly possible. Now. This war's been running eight years now. Given your reputation and your formidable drive, our hope is that you're the man who will get the job done. Okay. So, a good little intro there about this movie, War Machine, starring Brad Pitt. Doesn't really get much better than that. 2017. Yeah. Com- you're looking at me like... <laughs> <laughs> your audio is just... All, you've can you hear me? Microphone. No, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So, 2017. It's a problem. I can classified hear as a comedy slash drama slash war movie. It yeah. tells a story... That kind of implies they didn't know what to classify it as, hey? It tells the story of uh, an American satire war film directed and written by David... McCode, based on the non-fiction book The Operators by Michael Hastings. It is a fictionalised version of the events in the book based on the firing of United States Army General Stanley McChrystal. Can I just jump in for a sec? Yeah. Can we? Can everyone just agree that Netflix, particularly in Australia, needs to sort out their categorisation? Not every film fits in every category. Continue. Directed by David McCode. Take that, Netflix Australia. <laughs> Do not cancel my subscription. Directed by David McCode. Now, he is the writer-director of another few movies. One is The Rover from brilliant, 2014. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. Animal Kingdom from 2010. Great Australian film. This guy's Australian. And Hesher from 2010. Yeah. So don't, don't lots, know it. Probably not going to watch it. Lots of his work written and directed by. Uh, this movie was based off the book of Michael Hastings, as mentioned before. Uh, but the screenplay was written by director David Michaud. Um, so Michael Hastings, infamous for the Rolling Stones article, which uh, led to the demise of General McChrystal, as we will go on to talk about, and also the screenplay from this. But let's let's say led to his resignation because he's still kicking around. Correct. And stars Brad Pitt. A man who clearly needs uh, no introduction, my opinion, his best work, Fight Club, second best, Snatch. Any mm. movies you're probably thinking... Uh, uh, Legends of the Fall, he's pretty dreamy in, and he's also in Thelma and Louise. I was going to say, <laughs> breakout role, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Brad Pitt, play the good-looking guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the um, film also otherwise has... Otherwise known as the Mick Cook of the uh, film Good, industry. good, good. The film also has Ben Kingsley, uh, perhaps, perhaps not in his best role. What was that film you studied um, back in undergrad days? You, you watched the Ben Kingsley film you presented on. I mean, Sexy class. Beast. Sexy Beast. Sexy Beast. It's my favourite Ben that Kingsley film. That is a very interesting a Ben really, Kingsley film. really, really good film. Um, okay, so this movie uh, only just released. As you said, a lot of controversy out there whether this is a good movie or whether this is a bad movie. Yeah. I don't think people have said it's a medium movie. I think they've either gone with, <laughs> yeah. this is really yeah. good or really bad. No one's like, eh, just watch it on a Friday when you've got nothing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, initial thoughts of the movie. I, I Like everything that we talk about in this podcast, I went into this movie knowing nothing. <laughs> knowing nothing about what... We call that the idiot approach. That's right. I didn't know anything about it. Um, all I knew was that there was a guy called General McChrystal. I knew that he got fired because of a Rolling Stones article that they wrote about him. And that's all I knew. Yeah. Um, and I watched the movie. I sat down with my wife. Uh, she, she had a lot of points to bring up as well. Uh, and my initial thoughts were, I did not find the movie funny at all. Like, not even at all. And only when I think back on the movie, do I think, were they trying to be funny? I don't know whether they're actually trying to be funny. So I don't know if comedy w- could be a way that you could actually describe this movie. However, I found myself utterly, utterly, utterly fascinated by the movie. I was so intrigued by the story that they were portraying and, and found myself afterwards thinking a lot about the story that they just uh, portrayed and the individual that they were portraying played by Brad Pitt. Would I watch it again? I would not. <laughs> 
but I would strongly recommend it to everyone. However, that would come with lots of caveats, which we're going to talk about in a minute. What did you think about it? So, you know, I knew a bit about the movie going in. I haven't read the Michael Hastings book, but that's because I followed the Rolling Stones uh, controversy pretty closely. In fact, uh, that particular controversy shaped a fair bit of uh, my experiences of Afghanistan. So um, my understanding of it as a satire was informed by the events that occurred. And therefore, I found some of it funny. Um, Good use of therefore. But I thought it was a stretch. And I... Um, we don't do this show, this show to trivialise war. We do no. it to expand upon yeah. the discussion on war. And at times, I couldn't tell whether they were tr- trivialising the, the conflict yep. they were focusing on yep. or if they were trying to discuss some really heavy topics involved. W- were they just trying to, you know, an Australian term and British term, were they trying to take the piss out of the individual or were yeah. they trying to show the frustrations that he had in the situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By pointing out how ridiculous it was. Yeah, um... I would watch it again with a notebook in hand to possibly use clips of it in, in for instructional purposes. Absolutely. Apart from that, I'll, I'm probably not going to sit down and uh, and pick it over an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. That's probably where it sits for wow. me. Um, but And also highlights how nerdy you are. <laughs> continue. I don't think we need to highlight that. Um, I'm the good looking one. Anyway, the, um, the parts of it were funny though, in a absurdist sense. Yeah. Like absurd. And you know what? If if, if people are going to come, like, have you seen that latest movie from Brad Pitt? It's called War Machine. You get a different picture in your head to what yeah. you're going to It's not Fury. Get. It's it not where like, he's in a machine in a war. There is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a movie that's going to make you think and maybe laugh a little at the same time. Yeah. Or it's going to frustrate the hell out of you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's, let's break down this movie. And before we break it down, um, I, I just want to... I wish I could beatbox. I really... I can, exceptionally well. I really just want to... First of all, make sure that we make a immediate separation between the reality of what this movie is portraying and what I would think is the story that this movie is portraying. Okay. Because I don't want to make comments about what happened in the movie and make that associated to what happened in the reality that the movie is based on. Okay? Cool. Okay. So no finger pointing at me as we go forward. So, so we're talking about the movie. Correct. So the movie, Brad Pitt portrays this guy, General McMahon, which is meant to be a... a, a parody of General McChrystal or, or is meant to be General McChrystal and yeah. we, we did some pre-search on why they didn't just say General McChrystal I love that you used pre-search uh, and the basic reason was down to legality so McChrystal was not approached for this movie he did not give anything about it he, you know there's nothing that he had input into this movie yeah. uh, and I think this was Hollywood legally and Netflix disassociating themselves 100% from yeah. the character. It's from the individual. Okay. And they, they didn't necessarily need his name to point the finger. Exactly. And they didn't need his name to tell the story, no. I don't think, because it tells a great story. So one of the stories that this movie tells to me is the story of strategy. And it comes back to everything we've been Whoa. talking about on this show so far. What is strategy? Where does it fit? How does it relate to military? How does it relate to what a country's trying to do? We, and we did all that in episode five, man. Exactly. And to me, watching this movie, I was just like, I was pointing at the TV going, see? See, this is what we were talking about. <laughs> see? This is that's, what we are talking that's about. That's how people run. This is how people roll. This guy's talking about strategy. And <laughs> so, and, and to me, the, the character of McMahon? McMahon. McMahon. I felt really sorry for him. I felt sorry for this character that Brad Pitt was playing because I'm like, he is that guy who is in the middle of what is strategically trying to be achieved. Government is saying, we want you to achieve X. He doesn't believe in X. He thinks to solve the 
problem you need to achieve Y, but the government is like, but we're not here to achieve Y, we're here to achieve X. And, and, and t the whole movie is him trying to, to yeah. meet this divide, which is very, very difficult. Um, so strategy, I think, is a great thing that comes out of this movie. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's the problems of setting objectives and the reality of those objectives to be achieved. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, I watched it with my wife, and a bit of the movie that comes out that my wife found really hard to fathom was the relationship between the main character and his wife. I wonder why. <laughs> why, why was your wife upset at what seemed to be a very poor treatment of a military wife it in was, a film? It was really hard to fathom. And you know what? It, it told a difficult story um, and it perhaps told a real tale. Probably a realistic tale on how a lot of military spouses feel and experience life. Absolutely. And you know what? I think it's a, it would be a moment where if you want to test your relationship, sit down and watch that scene between the wife and, and the general and really sort of just analyze. It's kind of dinner in my house anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really tough thing to get through. But what, what, what are you taking away from this movie? What, what are the bits that you like from it? So I, I agree, that, you know, the, the conflict between um, the way a strategy is perceived by those who are um, making the, setting the policy and objectives for the strategy and those who actually have to operationalize and achieve those objectives, that, that trouble between the, uh, I'm gonna call them a, Duarchy, because that's a good word, yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that fits, but you know, between the political and the military masters, that was a very good sort of um, conflict. You're right, I didn't really think about the military spouse bit that much after the movie. During the movie, I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Hopefully, my wife doesn't walk in and see this. But when you put in the show notes, I was like, bang on. Yeah, yeah. You should have seen my wife. We were watching it, and she was just shaking her head like crazy, just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I thought it was really, I don't think many movies explore it like that. You normally get the military wife. You know, let's look at uh, We Were Soldiers. You oh, know, the, the wife there, she is doing you know, her dutiful duty. He he is the battalion commander. She is the battalion of wives commander. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you know, right. they, they replicate each other. But this one, you, you get quite a different story. I think a much more realistic story. Yeah. And and you know, if one thing that this movie yeah. does, this is a different person with who is not just a, a shadow of the military member. This is yeah. a whole person. Yeah. Whose life is being impacted by this military and the way that it needs that individual. Yeah, yeah, So shout out to all the military wives out there, you guys. And, and, and husbands. Hey. And, and husbands, you guys do an awesome and, job. And 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 uh, recognize relationships that are not married as well. Because hey, it's a diverse military. I also um, found the bit about the, you know, you, you, you were talking before how the, the Hellman strategy in Operation Mosterark that they, or the, the, the fictionalized version of Mosterark. You know, having visited that network, neck, neck of the woods, um, you know, maybe it's just about, you know, you've got your political objectives, you've got your strategic aims, and you've got your, your operational and tactical levels that you try and achieve them, and the disconnect of the reality that may occur at the different levels, and what, what the soldiers on the ground are experiencing, yeah, what the soldiers yeah, yeah. in the mid-level headquarters are experiencing versus what the political masters are. I thought they actually did a reasonable job of saying, hey, these things are all trying to achieve something, yep. but there's a disconnect here. Let me let me go deeper on that. Let's go real deep. No, no don't touch the soundboard. No, I've got the no, soundboard. Touch the so soundboard. Go, okay, fine. I, I will not touch the soundboard. <laughs> so when I was watching this movie, you know, it it came to a part where my wife simply, she, she simply asked to me, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will now shut up and let you go. 
I'm oh terrible at God. I'm terrible at soundboard Worst timing. Worst timing ever. <laughs> Worst anyway, timing ever. You go. Okay, so we were watching this war. Sorry, we were watching this movie, and my wife simply said to me about halfway through, she's like, "Is this even a war? Is is what this movie is portraying even a war? I don't understand how this can be a war." And I was, and I said, "Well, what do you mean?" She said, "Well." What he's doing is not a war. He is arguing with politicians. He's arguing with the president of Afghanistan. He's he's trying to come up with a strategy. Where well, this is not how war is fought, and it got me really thinking about what is war and how does this movie relate to war and is this movie even portraying war? And it brought me to the point that you're bringing up now. That one scene, which to me was one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, was where Brad Pitt is talking to those Marines that just came back from leave. And the marine is asking, basically, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. And and I and I said to my wife, I said, you know, for that marine that's saying, I don't get it, we're dying, I don't understand. This is a war. This is yeah. nothing but a war. For yeah. him, he is fighting. He's trying to survive. He's trying to achieve his tactical mission. That is a war. And what this movie is pointing out is that maybe some conflicts, when you when you zero out that scope to the higher levels. It's pretty. It might become hard to define exactly what is war and what is being achieved by that war, and then it comes back to the very concepts that we spoke about. Yeah. What is war? How does it tie in? All do, that. Sort do you of think stuff. the title was aiming at the individual or the the you know the whole Leviathan that is the machinery running the conflict in Afghanistan? I mean, let's say let's say so war let machine. Me, is it McMahon? Let, let me try to make up an analogy on the spot. Let's say. Great. Let's say war a really is. Good idea. Let's say war is a, a cornfield. Excellent. Okay. I will. I will go with this. This is better than <laughs> mouse farming. Let's say war is, war is a cornfield, and let's say that uh, to 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 conduct war is churning up the soil that's in that cornfield. Yep. Sowing the soil is what farmers call it. Yep. Exactly. And then let's look at the machine that actually does that. Well, there's only one part of the machine that actually touches the soil. That's the pointy bits that spins around. But the wheels too, otherwise it's a hover. That's right. A but hover but, 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 plow. But the actual thing hover plow. You yeah. just invented a hover plow. Thank you. The only thing that's actually plowing the soil is, is the part that's con contacting with it. But everything yep. that connects that is all part of that machine that yep. creates that output of churning the soil through. And I think maybe you can look at the concept of war machine as this. The war machine is a political, a military, a, mm. a strategic thing that it, it, when it gets put together, it's this machine that exists. Only a little aspect of it, you know, based on this story, is actually doing the war fighting bit. But war is so much bigger than just what's happening in the streets, in the battlefield. Sure. That's that's a brilliant analogy, and I don't actually have Thank much comeback to that. Thank um, you. So should we just talk about Brad Pitt now? Because well, that's the only reason we really wanted to do this. Attention, people who made this movie. There would have been a meeting where you all sat around and said, we need to portray the Spartan lifestyle of this general. What did he do a lot of? He ran, I think they said seven miles a day. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. At what stage of this meeting did everyone <laughs> agree that Brad Pitt would run like that? <laughs> if you have not seen this movie, I'm not ruining anything for you. Be prepared to be unimpressed yeah. by the running style. Or, or just utterly distracted. Uh, so distracted. Like, Why is he running like that? And to the director, get your talent in line. What, Brad Pitt has done some amazing things. Probably I'm going to write down in my yeah diary, Seven. What's in the box? <laughs> I'm going to yell at Brad Pitt. Why did you run like that? What... I mean, is this based on any truth? Or? We're going to have to look at the book and see if it mentions a particular running style. You're right, we have to. Please, listeners, if there's something to do with this running style that Brad Pitt portrays, 
please. Yeah, please hey, if you know if you know the general it's based on, or you've worked with him and you've seen him run, feel free to to let us know either on social media or our email, warfreeidiots at gmail, um, because that'd be really really good to know. Um, can you please turn your phone on silent? That's distracting. Uh, that's that's one of our bosses asking if our last episode <laughs> has gone. So I'm going to have to send that to him. A couple of random points. Um, I like that part of the movie that highlighted the complexity of coalition operations. That part where, uh, Brad, I'm going to call him Brad, Brad walks in and yep. he sees that that coalition is all part of different rooms and he tries to bring it all together towards the, the sort of unified effort. Um, I think that's really, really telling about coalition operations, modern coalition operations. I think it's even more so telling about, you know, when you're in a country, when all countries are together to try to fight the one fight, you have to understand that that's going to be very difficult because every country is there for a different reason. Every country has a different political objective that they're trying to achieve there. I think that, you know, this little story of Italian, Italy's in this room, Germany's in that room, America's in this room. Unless you're in the main room, you're not in the room, if you know what I mean. I think that was a, uh, an exceptionally good story to come out of the War Machine movie itself. Um, counterinsurgency was something I thought that was really interesting. It's not strategy. Counterinsurgency. Let's just get that. Let's, let's get company policy out. Counterinsurgency is not a strategy. Yeah. It's a it, it's it's a means. It's not the whole ends ways means. Uh, so I am gonna not gonna. Or is say, it a way? It's a way. Sorry, it's not a means. I'm not gonna say my piece on that because I think we could almost do a whole show on counterinsurgency. Ah, uh, don't burn content. Don't burn content. Oh, shut up. So counterinsurgency, the way that um, General McMahon, 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 McMahon talks about it. I really liked how he was trying to explain it to the German uh, politicians when he had the whiteboard up there and he was just like 8 plus 2, no, 10 minus 2 equals 29 yeah. <laughs> as a counterinsurgency uh, sort of theory. I thought that was really, really interesting. And I really liked that, uh, how it kind of highlights that from an American perspective, that's counterinsurgency. But from a German perspective, yeah. she, that, that sort of reporter that stood up and was kind of like... She's a politician. Politician, excuse me, that, that stood up and was just like... Everything you're saying is great. I really believe in you as a person, which I know I was just like, I, I'm fully yeah. with you. But what you're saying now doesn't align with why America's in Afghanistan in the first place. Yeah. Where's the disconnect? And I was like, that's a really interesting yeah, debate. The political to get into. objective. And what I what I did like, like you mentioned there, um, and and you know, studying uh, some of these histories and you know, World War One's particularly interesting. The people who are often portrayed in these movies, the people who are put in these leadership roles, they're not idiots like us. Yep. And they're not necessarily bad people. Yes. And that's what I thought was good the way they did that was, uh, you know, I have respect for you as an individual. However, yeah. I think you're selling me something that wasn't why we bought this in the first yeah. place. And, and I really, really, really felt sorry for the character of McMahon. McMahon. Did you really, 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 really feel sorry for him? I really felt sorry for him. Um, I think I really felt that he was just in a really tough place trying to win, trying, trying to achieve the mission because he is a winner. That's, that's what they want him to achieve. But he was not given the right things to achieve it and, and the right situation to, to flourish. But anyway. Yeah, endways means. Uh, end, is that a word? Endways means. It's endways one means. word. It is, <laughs> it is a synonym of strategy. Endways means. And I think something that's worth sort of breaking apart a little bit is, so he got to Afghanistan. Um, he got told this is, you know, the situation, the, the sandwich that you have to eat, just eat the sandwich. And we talked about what, what was the name of the operation where he was just like, 
I want to do a surge. I want to do a surge in Hellman. I want to win Hellman as a symbol of winning this whole country and uh, not a very popular choice amongst everyone that was around him. My question to you is this choice to send all the people to Hellman, a strategy, a tactic, something in between, what would you define it as? <laughs> well, it, it was an operation. It, was, it, it had an operational name. Um, and you know, there's a few of our listeners I know that were uh, involved in that operation. Um, it was a Band-Aid. Ooh. Okay, continue with your Band-Aid analogy. So it was an idea. And you know, McMahon's character says, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take Helmand. Um, almost as a way of fixing the war. Um, putting a Band-Aid on something can help, but it's not actually what heals yep. the wound. Um, well, I guess if it's as bad as a wound, you're probably not going to put just a Band-Aid on there. So can I, 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 I came up with a, a saying. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. And this, and I put TM. On, I TM. put it on Twitter. I put it on Twitter, so it's already registered and copyrighted. TM. Done. So it was a Band-Aid for a strategic wound that needed stitches. When did you put that on Twitter? I put it on Twitter weeks ago. Have I stolen your... You stole my Band-Aid analogy. I should follow analogy. you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it sounds super smart and, uh, and, and it's in speak that we all understand. So... Look, War Machine, I, I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's, we're not talking about any awards because it's only just been released. This is literally hot off the press. Uh, however, I don't think it's going to get any awards. There was no brilliant acting. Um, there was no Vince Vaughn. There was no firing and killing heaps of... <laughs> I want Vince Vaughn in this from, movie almost. Oh my, he but there right. was an Academy Award winner. I think Russell Crowe's got Russell an Academy Crow Award. Russell Crowe was right at the end. What an amazing cameo he did. So look... Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics currently have it at 56%, which is not bad for the critics. The audience has it at 36%. There is a, you know, if you follow Rotten Tomatoes, there is a, or tomatoes, depending on where you're from, um, there is a, two, two categories. Was there's two categories of movies. There's one that the audience likes more than the critics, and there's one that's vice versa. And or there's Wonder Woman, which is just going which, off which the charts. Loves. <laughs> but if the critics like a movie more than the audience, to me, th this really defines the type of movie it is, and that is a movie that it, it, it's, it's not just there for the machine gun from the hip factor. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to be a movie that you think of that's called War Machine that stars Brad Pitt. It's, it's not the movie that you think it's going to be unless you have pre-searched a little bit. It's going to be something else. Okay, so let's talk about rating this movie out of our normal star rating. Mick, out of the five idiots... Oh yeah, level of movie, idiots. What would you give it? I, oh man, there's so many different categories, much like Netflix, that I would give this film um, different levels of stars for. Yep. I'm going to give it three. I want to give it two and a half, but I'm going to give it three because I think our listeners will understand, I think it's worth you watching. Why? To understand whether or not you like it and also to understand whether or not you think complex issues such as this can be done in political satire these days. Mm. You know, this is not Catch-22. This is, but this is an attempting the same sort of thing. So, yeah. Could I... Is it possible to use an analogy to say that this is kind of like an animal farm? Well, that's what you'd use an analogy for. <laughs> this is kind of like an animal farm scenario? where it's a story that's that's you know comes across as ridiculous but you can kind of make or is that is that is that a bow too far 
No, no, like, saying no, no. Uh, long bow <laughs> or a bridge too far. No, no, it's a bow too far. Um, it's a Robin Hood saying. Oh he used to God. say it all the time. <laughs> he said it. That's that. That's why he never let um, Fried Tuck have an actual bow. Yeah. Because um, he's like, we've got this many bows, but you're actually a bow too far. Um, it's a good analogy. Animal Farm's better. Oh, okay. Why? Have you read Animal Farm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, years ago. So Animal Farm's better because... It, it, the, 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 George Orwell wrote it, not Michael <laughs> Hastings. He doesn't listen to this podcast. It's okay. He does. I put headphones on his no, it's, it, <gasps> it's better because the, the, like because it's it's is it because it's showing you the the sort of the direct relationships with what's happening in Russia, sort of society and and the a politics there. Animal Farm was done in a way that he could reach a wider audience. Okay, a lot of people aren't going to download this one. Yeah, a lot of people aren't okay. going to watch this one. No, yeah, no, look, and I think it's unfair to put up against Animal Farm, but I, I think the message yeah. I was trying to get was... <laughs> you, you did it! I kind of did it. I kind of... I think the message I was trying to get was, it's it's a movie that you're not going to learn about the Afghanistan war, you're going to learn about something else. And, yeah. and and it's, you know, don't watch it to learn more about Afghanistan. You're going to learn it. about difficulties of general faces. Yeah, exactly. But, you know what this movie did do? So. Maybe you want to read the book. And yeah, having true. read the article and lived through the, the period whilst... Um, involved in this sort of aspect of uh, the conflict, I, I actually haven't wanted to read the book. Yeah, okay. So it made me want to read the book. Hey, are we going to talk a little bit about Hold on, I've, I've done the my, author? I, oh, yes. Oh, your rating. Do your rating. So what's your, what was your rating? Mine was three. Three out of... <laughs> five <laughs> idiots. Three <laughs> out of five idiots. Okay. Because it made me want to read the book. Got it. And I want people to watch the film. So I would rate this movie four out of five. Hmm. Yeah, I would, you think it's better than Animal Farm because I, think I feel like I'm going to be hearing about this for a long time. Only the next seventeen or so years. I I would recommend this movie to people to really see the concept of strategy, to see the concept of political objective yeah. within a pop culture portrayal. To, you know what I mean? To you know, you can read about it. You can certainly research and learn through history about it. But if you want to see it through a different means, I think that watching this movie is is another medium that you can learn something from. Like you said at the start, where you know you you could probably use clips as part of professional education and stuff like that. Yeah, I would recommend this movie to people to say, hey, you want to you want to talk about an individual who has a military strategy, but the political strategy doesn't match. What's the grand strategy? Here's a guy trying to live that nightmare. Then watch this movie. I enjoyed this movie professionally. I did not enjoy this movie personally. I, ah, I didn't good. sort of clap my hands and just say, "Yes, I got a," you know. Yes, that's how you run. That's how you, <laughs> that's how you run, baby. <laughs> that's how you. I did not enjoy this movie uh, personally on on any means, and that's why I think it's not gonna. You know, we're not gonna talk, be talking about it in about five years' time. But professionally, to get a couple of good lessons out there from it, I would highly recommend it to people to watch once, get the lessons, and not watch it again. So for that professional reason, four out of five stars. Cool. All right. Uh, quick. Quick discussion on the author, or do we really bother? Like, I think we have to talk about this. So, um, Michael Hastings, the author of The Operators. Now, Rich, you've done more research than me on this, but this is my understanding. You correct me. He was killed in a car crash where his car was hacked. Is that correct? I don't want this to become a podcast about conspiracy theories. But okay. Okay. the author that wrote this book that led to someone being fired died in a mysterious car accident where his car was hacked and Does not compute. His, his car was hacked and he led to his unfortunate death. 
That's super sus. Just saying. That's just saying. All right. Just saying. <laughs> this show is not about conspiracies <laughs> and we are not inferring anything. Okay. Good. Good use. But let's, uh, let's move up. Hey, whoa, did you see that? It what? just flew past. What was it? We have social media accounts people can follow. Oh, okay. So what's our social media? So we have our, let's go with Twitter handles. Uh, our Twitter handle is at war numeral for idiots uh, because that other person still has war for idiots. So that is us on Twitter. Uh, you can find Rich on Twitter. What's your handle? I am Richie. Wait, is it Richie? At, at Richie. Is it Richie? Is, it yeah. is at Richie underscore TTT? That's it. Uh, yep. that, oh, that's all you say. That's all, that's all you need to say. <laughs> it's Twitterish. Um, I'm at Mick underscore Cook. And uh, we're also on Facebook. We're at. Uh, Facebook.com slash war for idiots. Yeah, hop on. You know, we're up there. We're debating. We're talking topics. We're making fun of each other. It's uh, it's a good time on social media. And you can buy a t-shirt mm. or a coffee mug. Help support the show. Or you can get both. Yeah. Mm. And and they're high prices, not overpriced. That's right. And if you buy both, you get no discount whatsoever. <laughs> no, but, but there are discounts regularly on the store. The store is uh, zazzle.com.au slash the underscore dead underscore Prussian because it's run through the studio. So, ladies and gents around the world, I hope you enjoyed our take on a, a very difficult movie uh, for a lot of people to either love or hate, um, which is War Machine. Well, I think it's easy to love or hate it. It's just very difficult to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it, go out, I'm watch it. Tell show. us if you agree, tell us if you disagree. Uh, any conversation about war is a good conversation because yeah. you're adding to uh, to this complex thing that everyone's trying to understand. <laughs> Unless it is, let's go to war for no good reason. That's not a good conversation. <laughs> Worst movie title ever. All right, cool. So until next time, this is Rich. And this is Mick. And this is Rich. <laughs> and we are <laughs> signing off until next time. And remember that we may be idiots. But so are you. Bye-bye. War for Idiots is a TDP production. All opinions expressed by individuals on the podcast are those of the individual and not necessarily representative of any other organisation. The music used during War for Idiots is Fireworks by Jazar and is used under an attribution share alike 3.0 international licence.